Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy back at it again. My name is Rico. Welcome to The Rico Report, brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. What's good? What's happening? Folks, what a weekend. What a weekend it was that uh, that's got everybody kind of buzzing. That's got Bills Mafia buzzing. It's got the NFL buzzing. Um, it was quite the weekend. And I'd say 85% of the NFL got better in terms of what they've added for their team. If you look at the grades around the league, it's probably like a handful of teams that I mean, the the experts are saying ah, they could have drafted a little better. But you know what? At the end of the day, you won't know how good a draft class is until a few years, a couple of years at least, until you can really tell if somebody is the right fit for that team. And when it comes to the pieces added around the NFL, we're going to focus on the Buffalo Bills. And Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott did a heck of a job. Not only in the draft, but they followed that up by bringing in two key free agents, and they followed that up by bringing in some some key undrafted free agents. And I'm a, I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna save those undrafted free agents for another day. We're gonna talk a little bit more because there's some good talent in that pool. But for the most part, this question goes out to the chat. Now that the dust has settled, how are we feeling about this draft? And the the two key pieces that we picked up uh, in free agency in Latavius Murray and obviously Kalen Ford. A lot of people don't know if this is what his real name is. It's Kalen. Kalen Ford, a.k.a. Puna Ford. So um, for those that are tuned in, welcome. Smash that like while you guys get in here. Um, we're going to have a fun show because there are things I want to I want to touch on that I may not agree with. What? Shocker. Uh, there's some things that I may not technically. I mean. I like the moves that we've made, but there are there are some concerns that I have. And I'm going to share that with you. And you guys already know that. And by the way, if you guys are wondering, what the heck am I wearing? Um, listen, when you have a draft, the type of draft that you had, and you know who's going to be calling plays, you got to go to Mr. Process himself, Sean McDermott. I'm looking forward to seeing what this man is going to bring to the table because it's been a minute. It's been a minute. The last time he was calling plays was back in Carolina. It's been a minute. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice to get back to that aggressive style, get after it type of defense. No shade on Leslie Frazier because Leslie, Leslie Frazier did the damn thing. That is a stoic, poised individual that's not a rah-rah type of guy. Very cool, collected, and kind of you got that from the defense. Sometimes your defense mimics your head coach. So if you're a laid back type of coach and so on and so forth, you might get that in your players. And a lot of times you look at the defensive, the defensive uh, performances that we've put on in the playoffs. It kind of takes on the lackadaisical chill out type of coach that you got. 
and Leslie Frazier, right? You you see the Kansas City game, you saw the Bengals game, uh, and there's so many things that you can pull pull from that. But that's what I pull from it, right? So when you have a coach like McDermott that might might be you might, might he might get after your ass, that might that might give you the edge that we need on that defense. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so let's get right into it. First of all, I gotta I gotta start show off by thanking each and every one of my colleagues, each and every one of my 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 uh, my video colleagues that that spent the hours. <laughs> you guys know what it is, man. We spent hours covering the draft. I mean, we did what four hours the first day, uh, four hours the next, and then we did six hours, right? So that's that's quite that's quite that's fourteen almost fifteen hours of filming um, in a weekend. So we spent time away from our family, time away from things we like to do. So I want to I want to give a shout out to each and every one of you. Z-Bop, my man Rev, uh, Zach came on, Kevin came on, Kevin Gerard came on and spent some time with us. Um, uh, my man P Money, Pierre was in the building. And not just the guys that spent time in hours in the film, film room with us and looking at this stuff, but our contributors, our writers that are pumping out articles on these things. So shout out to everybody. This does not happen without the big team and big team success happens because of the team that's behind us. So salute to the team, salute to BF. Let's roll. All right, let's get at let's get let's get at it, folks. So first things first, let's start off with what we've got in terms of depth. All right. So we brought in Latavius Murray, and I'm going to start off with the free agent signings that we did today. So Latavius Murray coming onto the Bills. Solid player. There is no question about that. Former, I mean, he started off his career with the Raiders and then went to the Vikings and the Saints and then from Saints to the Broncos. So uh, you got to give credit to where credit is due because it is difficult. It is difficult to last in this league, especially if you're a running back, especially if you're running back. Gone are the days are the running backs that are doing 10 12 years, 15 years. You're not going to see that. Frank Gore is the is the last of a dying breed. That's it. You're not going to see, unless we see something special, you, you probably will not see another Frank Gore again, right? Frank Gore playing, what, 15 years is absolutely bananas. That's It's insane. When you really think about it, it's insane because the average for a player to stay in the, in the league, three years. You do three years and usually that's that's pretty much, you're done. Right. And there's just a pool of players every year that come in on the draft and free agency. So you've got to make it count. You're playing with the best of the best. So you got to make it count. So us bringing in the likes of Latavius Murray is huge. By the way, I got to give a shout out to Linda West. What's up, Linda? Linda says, thank you, guys. You guys were awesome. Also love that hat style and background. My girl, I got it. Let me show you some love, my girl, because. The whole time I've been kind of wondering, yo, do I just get rid of it? Forget about the folds in the back. I tried to iron that thing out. It wouldn't get out, right? But I'm thinking of trying to bring a new, a new presence to the back, to the back. But it's just, it takes, it takes some some time to really decide what you want to do. But anyways, appreciate that. That actually really does mean a lot. And and thank you very much. Um, but moving on with uh, Latavius Murray. Love the pickup. Here's what Latavius Murray brings to the squad. All right. Durability. That's number one in the in what a uh, ten seasons going on going into I, th- I believe his eleventh season, he's only missed seven games, seven games. He's had his injuries in high school, he's had his injuries in college, but seven missed games in his entire career. That is absolutely amazing, 
and the fact that you are 33 years of age and still running the rock and you're able to be an asset. I mean, man's had what 700, 700 rushing yards last year. That's quite impressive when you're sharing the backfield and you went from one team to another, you went from the saints right to the Broncos. That is impressive on its own. You got to give a shout out to my man, Latavius Murray. So what does the signing of Latavius Murray mean to the bills? Well, a, you get that veteran in the, you get that veteran in the room. I mean, if you look at the running backs that we have in the room right now, you got Damian Harris, 26 years of age. You've got the young James Ford, excuse me, James Ford. You've got the young James Cook at 20, what, 23 years of age. Um, so we've got some, we've got some youth there. Naeem Hines is like 25, 26 years of age. So everybody's in their mid twenties, right? A couple, a few years under their belt, four or five years under the belt. So you bring in a veteran guy that's been around, that's seen things, that's seen different schemes. You bring that into your locker room. It, it infuses uh, a sense of calmness. It infuses a sense of, okay, I've been here. This is how you got to fall. This is how professionals do it. I've been here long enough that I know how to keep myself going. So you, you got to, you, you like that aspect that Latavius Murray brings to the Bills. And he's respected. He's respected. And the one thing that most people may not remember, I don't want to say they don't know, they may not remember, but Latavius Murray was on that Vikings squad, and I totally forgot about the Vikings. He was on that Vikings squad when he was on with Stefan Diggs, where they're that close, that close uh, to, you know what I mean, making a run to the Super Bowl. So he is he wants a Super Bowl, and there are two types of free agents. There's a free agent that is chasing that cash. No matter where they go, they want, to, they want that bag. They're going to chase that bag. Winning is 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 fun it's great but not maybe the priority he made it very clear the priority right now at 33 years of age is winning i want to win and this culture what you guys are building the last few years i've seen it and i want to be part of it and the fact that you guys have invited me here to share my wisdom if you will or give my expertise if you will i'm in i'm all the way in and when someone wants to win let me tell you something they will hold others accountable if they start seeing some BS or they see these young guys don't know how to prepare, this is why they brought me here. They've given me my role. I'm going to set the precedent. And that's what Latavius Murray is, was brought here to do. Now, here's my issue. Here is my problem. I don't have a problem with the player. I like the player. Was I thrilled about when we brought him on? I wasn't thrilled, but I, I understood. And I know he could still play. Right. And this is where, as a fan, you got to take your emotions out of when your team brings on somebody. Right. Because immediately you're triggered with your emotions. What? Tavius Murray. Oh, get out of here with that. Right. That's the, that, that might be the first thing that comes to your mind. We're like, are you kidding me? So we didn't go after a Kareem Hunt because that's what I'm thinking. There's Kareem Hunt. There's Leonard Fournette out there. I mean, there's some good backs that are out there. Now, most might say, hey, these guys are all washed. No, they're not. They're not washed. Kareem Hunt can damn well play. But Kareem Hunt is also young. He's 27 years of age. I'm not trying to play for a one-year deal. I want to I want I want somewhere that I can stay and produce and and be somewhere. Even Zeke Elliott is still out there. But Zeke Elliott ain't going to come for what? 1.7 mil. He ain't going to do that. He's he wants the bread. He's still a premier back in this game and he wants the bread. So that being said, when you have Latavius Murray come to the squad, you start to question things. Hold on a second. You got to really look at what we got. So you have James Cook and you have Naeem Hines are pretty much essentially the same back. The difference between the two is one is a dual threat. 
in terms of when I say dual threat, they can run and catch. That's not the point I'm talking about. One is a kick return punt returner. So you know that he's going to be ingrained as a kick return punt returner first and depth piece afterwards. At least that's my opinion. James Cook is going to be given the opportunity. He's going to be given the key. There are multiple spare keys, but you've got the main key to the vehicle. You're going to be driving. But guess what? I've got a guy that's been driving for a long time. You guys, you might, he needs to keep you on the same, on the, on the trajectory that we're headed. And that's why I brought in a guy like Murray. But Murray presents the same skill set that Damian Harris does. So you got four running backs on this roster. And only potentially two of them are going to be active. And don't forget, we got Reggie Gilliam on top of that. So you bring all these backs in. And you, you, start, you start to question, like, okay, hold on. I, I get it. we got to get to 90 men on the squad. But you don't bring a Latavius Murray for no reason. You don't bring him to just bring him to cut him. Like, you saw value in him that you, you had to go and, and, and bring him on. You didn't have to. There was no reason to bring in Latavius Murray unless you really wanted him to be there. You don't bring him a piece like him, a veteran guy that's known around the league, to just cut him in the offseason. Unless he's just not the part. So now you've got four running backs. And I question, okay, so what you're going to do? James Cook is going to get majority, that should get majority of the snaps. Naeem Hines is going to get sprinkled in here and there. But his his main op- his main objective and his main responsibility is going to be kick and part return. Damian Harris is going to be your bruiser back. Red zone threat. And now you've got in Latavius Murray. So where does Latavius Murray fit in? Now what you're going to do? You're going to deactivate. See, week one starts, you're going to, who you deactivate? You mean to tell me Damon Harris at 26 years, of age, 26 years of age came to the Bills to be deactivated and sat on the sideline? Heck no. There's no way. Latavius Murray, veteran guy, you brought me into what? Just sit on the sideline? Unless that's the conversation they have with him, there's a chance that you will be deactivated. I'm bringing you here to be a veteran leader. But any competitor is going to tell you, heck no, I want to play. Did you not see what I did last year in Denver? Quit playing with me. So now you question it, right? It's And it's fair to question it. I get it. You want to bring as many pieces on as possible, but I can't see them keeping four, four running backs that are all capable of playing and getting some playing time. Harris is not a scrub. James Cook is no scrub. Naeem Himes is no scrub. And neither is Latavius Murray. So what you going to do? I'm not buying it. One of these guys are going to have to go. And that's the, that's the beauty of the competition. So to me, you need your kick return punt returner, so Hines stays. James Cook's definitely staying. So it really, it's going to be between Harris and it's going to be between Latavius Murray. So that is going to be the battle that goes on this, this camp. Latavius Murray, watch for that battle. Latavius Murray and Harris, we're about to find out. Now, Harris is known to have a couple injury nagging injuries, so I understand why Latavius Murray gets brought in. If he starts going down and having these little nagging, you know what I mean, soft tissue injuries, out you go, in comes Latavius Murray. So pay attention to see how Harris stays healthy, if he can stay healthy, and if he does, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic that happens with that running back group. So Latavius Murray, I like the signing. It's it's not a bad signing whatsoever. Uh, I think that he's going to bring a lot to the table, and we're about to find out how they're going to distribute the carries and the touches in camp, and it'll give us a great indication as to how our running back room is going to be formed. And don't forget, Reggie Gilliam can still play. Reggie Gilliam can still play. So that'll be interesting in its own. So Latavius Murray, welcome to the Bills. 
and uh, 6'3", 230. That's a big boy, man. The last time we had a big boy running back was was uh, Adrian Peterson, right? Adrian Peterson was like 6'1". And the last, the last big back that we had, tall, that was rangy, that could do those things, was Eddie George, way back the Titans day. So it's not, it's not often that you see big running backs. I mean, the time before that was Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson was like 6'2", 6'3". So uh, big, tall backs, you don't really see them often. And Latavius Murray has made a living doing extremely well, doing good things. He still has some speed to get to the outside. He's got great vision. He's got anticipation. Those are the things you want in your running back. Problem is he's 33. You know what I'm saying? He's 33 and he's and he's learning um, how to stay in this game. And you got to give credit for that because not a whole lot of guys can stay in this game 11, 10 years. So shout out to Latavius Murray. Welcome to the Bills. Let's roll. Moving on. Puna Ford. Actual name, Kalen Ford. So Kalen Ford. Former Seahawk was on the free agency list for quite some time. And um, it was a name that people have been paying attention to. Salute to my salute to my guy, Brian Barrows. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, by the way, salute to everybody tuned in right now. There's 195 of y'all in here. Smash that like while you guys are in here. This is the Buffalo Fanatics. I am your host, Rico. Let's roll. We are touching base on the aftermath of the draft. But before we get to the draft picks, we want to get to these free agents, these two key free agents that we brought on to the Bills that are going to shape this defense, that are going to shape this offense, and uh, we'll, we'll get to know how things uh, shape out uh, by the time the offseason is, is come to an end, and then we'll have an idea of what it is, and it's going to be fun to see uh, these, these additions on the team. Now, Kalen Ford, a.k.a. Puna Ford, big boy, 300, 305, 310, uh, six foot seven. Just kidding. He's not six foot seven. He is five eleven. He is a he's a miniature bowling ball. You know what I'm saying? He's a miniature bowling ball, but effective and effective in what we need. Let me let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck. Our defense was a very good defense, but our issue has always been we allow big gashes in the run, and you know where it happens, right? up the middle, right up the middle, right? When you have the 6-1, not even 6-1. Is he 6-1? Is, you have the 6 feet, maybe 6-1 defensive tackle in, in uh, excuse me, I got me, you got me all freaking, Ed Oliver, excuse me, 280, 286, quick as ever, but can really be displaced off his feet. That becomes a problem, right? Tim Settle. We didn't really see too much from Tim Settle. I would have loved to see way more, way more of a contributor from Tim Settle, but we didn't get that. Daquan Jones was solid, solid than ever. We love that. Jordan Phillips, when he was healthy, he was effective. But when he, when you, when you can't stay on the field, you got to bring in your depth pieces, right? This is this is where this is where we start to lack. This is where we start to lack in size. This is where we start to lack in experience. And in and if you're gonna keep it a buck, skill set. Right. So we get displaced off the ball and you have running backs that just gash us for, you know, I mean, 150 yards, 140 yards, 174 yards. So we can't have that. So when you bring in a big piece like Kalen Ford, his sole job is to be a stop gap. You cannot move me. I'm going to be in a moving loop. You cannot. You, I'm going to be one of those forces that I clog the hole. You're just going to have to go around me or I'm going to be a presence now. Here's the thing with Puna Ford, though. In the defense that he just came from, he was more of a three-tech, a 
three tech lineman. And we kind of have that already in Ed Oliver. We have that already. So where will he play? Is he going to be the backup tech? Is he going to be the backup three tech? Is he going to be a nose? But I mean, at 5'11", it's kind of it's kind of difficult, right? You want to be able to be imposing towards the defense, excuse me, the offense, get your hands up, be opposing threat. So will he be a depth piece? Absolutely. Will he be a, a big rotational piece? Yes. Was he one of the better free agent pickups that we've made, especially in that position, since we did not draft anybody? 100%. So he's going to be, it's going to be big. He's coming to a defense that's going to be rotational. He came from a defense that had a guy like Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed is a big guy. Jaron Reed is a big boy. He was their dude. He was right up the middle. So when you have someone that's eating up space like Jaron Reed, this is where a guy like Puna Ford comes in and, and makes the most of his his um, his opportunities. The one thing that I read up on Puna Ford is with the opportunities that he that he received, which weren't many, but when he did, he graded extremely well on PFF. He graded extremely well on PFF. So he's one of those guys that makes the most of his opportunities. And when you can make the most of your opportunities, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. So uh, we get the likes of Mr. Puna Ford and um, welcome Puna Ford to the Bills. I mean, this boy, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Life. And I, I didn't clip the, I didn't put the clip in here. But uh, if you've ever seen the movie Life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that scene where my man, big black man is sitting at the table and they're all in, they're all in, uh, all having lunch. And he leans over and goes, you gonna eat your cornbread? Well, you can't tell me that Puna Ford doesn't give me the impression that he's asking you for your cornbread. You gonna eat your cornbread while I'm done signing my damn contract? <laughs> you better watch out, boy, because you take that man's cornbread from him, there's gonna be some problems. There's gonna be some problems. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Puna Ford to the Bills. Uh, this is a very underrated signing. This is a signing that this is big. The Seahawks wanted him back. It was just a matter of figuring out a deal. And apparently, um, word word got out that there were teams that offered him more money to go and play for them. And he says, you know what? I want to win, pretty much. I want to win. I'll take a little less, but I'm going to have an opportunity because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to opportunity. Am I going to get an opportunity to showcase my skill? Am I going to get an opportunity to really solidify myself? I think he's only, what, 27 years of age. So he's still a young buck himself. So if it works out, this could be one of those things that turns into a long-term deal. And then we have our, you know, our Ted Washington type player to really, you know what I mean, clog up the middle. Because right now, based on what this defense is showing me, this is going to be a defense that is based on pure speed and aggressiveness. Pure speed and aggressiveness. So if you cannot run up the gut because Puna Ford and Daquan Jones are holding it down and Ed Oliver are holding it down, Tim Settle, Jordan Fields are holding it down, you're going to have to bounce it outside. And when you bounce it outside, there's enough speed on the outside that we're just going to string your ass out. So that's, that is, that's what you want. That's what you want in all of this. But you got to let it play out. You got to let it play out and uh, – this is, uh, this is what it's going to come down to. And shout out to my man, Daniel Collin. What's up, Dan? Dan says, smash that like. He even super chatted for you guys to smash that like. So do me a favor. We got 238 people watching right now. So, I mean, I'm no mathematician. But if I count one, two, three, 237, there should be 237 likes. It takes two seconds, folks. Just click that little like. And that way the algorithm can do what it does. And it sends more people to watch us talk about 
the aftermath of this draft and who we bring forward on this team. So Latavius Murray, Kalen Ford, I'm going to put some respect on you. Kalen Ford, a.k.a. Puna Ford, welcome to the Bills. By the way, if you guys are trying to figure out how the heck did he get a name like Puna Ford? Well, usually when you get a nickname, it's usually from an auntie. It's usually from, you know what I'm saying, a cousin or your brothers or sisters. Well, you know what? And most times, usually from granny. So granny's the one who gave him the name Puna. It actually started off as Pooh. Uh, they probably were calling him Winnie the Pooh because he was probably a big boy when he was younger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he was always up in the jar trying to get some cookies and trying to get some some cookies and milk. I don't know. I'm just making that part up. But anyway, but uh, the name is Pooh. Then it transitioned to Puna. And he's like, you know what? We're going to keep that. So what I'd love to see, and I'm a wrestling guy, so this 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 works out well. But like anytime that, you know what I mean, he gets a sack, he's going for that Poon tag. <laughs> Poon Tang, let's get that, man. So those quarterbacks is Poon Tang. You know what I mean? Let me go get that. Let me get some of that. I don't know if that works. If it works, let me know. Give me a thumbs up. If it's like, yeah, what? Rico, that analogy is not gonna work. I'll take my L. <laughs> but if it's a dub, give me my dub. Anyway, let's move, let's move on to the next point. So Puna Ford, Latavius Murray, welcome to the Bills. Hopefully, you guys are are impact. You guys, you guys bring the impact that we need. You guys bring the presence that we need, and uh, if you guys are the missing pieces to what we need to get to the Super Bowl, shoot, we we embrace it, bring it on. Bring it all the way on. So, last but not least, before we get to, you guys don't like it, huh? <laughs> you guys are like, yo, that's cringe. Boo, get that shit out of here. All right, I'll take my L. I'll take my L. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving. At least I can take my L, guys. You I mean, I'll try. I'll, I'll throw it against the wall. If, if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, we out of here. We out of here. So, on to the next. The one thing I do want to talk about is uh, D-Hop. So D-Hop has been the conversation that's been pretty much tearing up, you, you know I mean, tearing up the internet, right? Where is D-Hop going to go? D-Hop potentially wants to go to the Chiefs. D-Hop potentially wants to go to X, Y, Z, right? And what sucks is that when you're a player that you're in a, a situation that isn't great, you can't really speak on it too much because it never really did speak on it. It was more other people speaking on it and him just listening and acknowledging a few things, but never really admitting, so I want out. Never did he do that. So the one thing that actually is pretty cool about the D-Hop situation was that we as Bills fans were trying to place him on our teams. And while we were trying to place him on our teams, we were, were moving on from certain people. Right. So it got the discussion going. Well, here's the deal. D hop came in, was like, yo, because of the video. Uh, who said I ever wanted to leave? Arizona's where I'm at. Man, stop the cap. Stop the cap. Because you're waiting for somebody to trade for your ass. I mean, you were you were you may not have been saying I want to get out, but your body language is telling me otherwise. So stop the cap. You know you want it out, but it just never worked out. Your team failed you, your ages failed you. They should have figured something out early, but they never did. They never did. And that's why you let these guys, you let Rice went to the Chiefs. We picked up a receiver in the fifth. And on top of that, we pick up Kincaid. Yo, there's no, there's no really necessary need for you. You know what I'm saying? So, and plus we're broke. <laughs> we broke. I mean, my man, Brandon Bean even said it himself. He's like, yo, if anybody, I don't know what he was talking about. He was talking about D hop. If we're looking for somebody to come play here, great. But you got to be ready to play for $2 million. That shuts the door 
right away. So that wasn't happening. So he's got to he's got to do something with the um, Arizona Cardinals. So if little little uh, Kyler Murray can get healthy and get back to it, maybe they can run it back and maybe he can do some good things. But right now the the Cardinals are in rebuild mode. They had a decent draft. Don't get me wrong, but they're definitely in rebuild mode, which is crazy. Rebuilding with a with a franchise quarterback, you don't normally you don't normally see that. I mean, you can tell you can say. The Texans are in rebuild mode, right? They got their franchise quarterback. They got some receivers. They're building, right? They were building. The Detroit Lions have been rebuilding for years now. Cardinals with a, with a franchise quarterback is, is interesting to say that they're rebuilding. But this is the predicament that they're in. They're in that predicament. So um, shout out to D-Hop. You got you to gotta go back to Carolina and do what you do. So have fun with that. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch you on the flip side. The one thing I don't like is his memorable play that he's ever had in his career was against the bills and he was like i went up against three all pros oof that one that one still hurts i don't care what anybody tells me that one still hurts you know what i'm saying mario addison had him dead to rights dead to rights and you let kyler murray get out the pocket and flip his hips and toss that and he's right trey white micah hyde jordan poyer everybody's there bat that shit down but we didn't and then we lost that game terrible terrible so moving forward, love love to see that uh, D Hop is is gonna go back and try to do what he's got to do, but uh, we got real business to handle with the Buffalo Bills. So that being said, let's roll on in to our draft picks. And uh, here's a question: Do we start from the the bottom round and move our way up, or should we just go right to you know what? I'm just gonna go right to Cade Kincaid. I'm gonna go right to our round one draft pick and Mr. Dalton Kincaid. Here's the deal, folks. We all know it. We've been you've been consuming this information all weekend long. How we are true, how we got to him, what Brandon Bean had to do to get to him, and uh, who we had to hop over to get to him. Now, the one thing I'm going to 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 admit that I love about our GM Brandon Bean is he always keeps it a buck. He's not one of those guys that'll fluff you. He's not one of those guys that will tell you BS. He tells you like it is and what he may or may not do but he'll tell you and his thing was guys i don't know what i'm gonna do but when it gets to pick 20 and the board starts to so you know what i'm saying get to where it's at where it kind of reveals way more i will then know what i want to do so here's how it transpired if you guys are not uh if you have not been watching and so on and so forth i'll just recap just a little bit so it turns out that him and joe shown Joe Shane, is it Joe Shane? Joe Shane? Uh, Shane, we're talking GM, the former GM, former assistant GM for the Bills, now GM for the Giants. Uh, they were talking, and it pretty much was like, listen, man, I have a feeling that Dallas wants Kincaid. It's all, it's, it's been all over the internet. They gonna, they're going to go after him. So we need to talk. What are we going to do? He goes, hold on. Well, listen, if you get closer to where you need to be, hit me back up, and then we'll talk about it. Because I'll help you if, if I need to. And I'm sure they would have worked something out between the two of them. So it turns out the Giants were like, hey, man, we have a guy that we need to move up for. So the deal that we potentially had, you got an X nay on that. It's not going to happen. So he says he pretty much, Brandon Bean was like, he pretty much told me I'm on my own. So Brandon Bean's like, shit, what do I do? So now the pick is getting closer. So then he ended up trading uh, two places ahead with Jacksonville ahead of the Dallas Cowboys and Dallas Cowboys apparently were pissed 
And I know Skip Bayless was absolutely livid. Long story short, we get Kincaid. Now, what does Kincaid bring to the table? And you guys are smart Bills fans. You guys know what we've been missing. You guys know what has worked. And you guys know what hasn't. And you know that ever since the Cole Beasley situation happened where he was displaced and he, he went uh, to the Bucks to play with, with uh, Tom Brady, it hasn't quite been the same. We thought we can get similar production out of Isaiah McKenzie. And we weren't able to get that because Isaiah McKenzie presents a different skill set. He he presents a different awareness. He doesn't he doesn't see the field the same way Cole Beasley would. So that that made a big difference. That made a big difference. So when you have when you have when you lose such a big integral part, <laughs> Ronald says Skip Bayless is irrelevant. Uh, Skip Bayless has kind of fallen off a little. Uh, he's fallen off a little bit, but I still I still I still mess with Skip Bayless. But when you look at who we had to replace Cole Beasley with, it never panned out. It just never panned out. It just didn't work out. If they presented a different skill set, and what Isaiah McKenzie gave us was great, but just not what we needed. What we needed was someone that can read a defense. What we needed was someone that can give Josh Allen that, that comfortable, okay, I don't like my reads over the top. I'm going to settle with my guy because I know exactly where he's going to be exactly where he's going to be. And that's what Cole Beasley presented where you're going to be. But when you have a new individual that's there, it just, it just doesn't work out. So it's not, you don't see it the same way. You're not on the same page. And you saw it multiple times when it was a, when there was more, there was just, I want to call, I don't want to call it conflict. It wasn't conflict, but when you see things are working out, there's just, there's no chemistry. The chemistry is not as, not as great. You start to miss what we had in Cole Beasley. So those are the things that stood out to me, at least as a Bills fan, watching all this stuff play out. You're like, man, we are missing something. I love what we have in, in Isaiah McKenzie, but we just we just don't got it. We just don't got it. So now in comes a whole bunch of people, right? We, Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir, we have no idea if Khalil Shakir could do the spot, can do the job, because we never really gave him the opportunity. And when he did get his opportunities, he, he did great. He did great. His first ever start gets a touchdown. 70 yards on five receptions. You can't tell me that you don't want to see more of that, but it's like we played the politics game. Well, you know, he's a rookie, so he's going to have to learn his way, and he's going to have to X, Y, Z. So we're going to go right back to putting Isaiah McKenzie in. Not that it was a problem. It's just that we were missing something. We were missing that thing, right? So in comes Kincaid. Kincaid fills that role and he fills that role tenfold because not only is he Cole Beasley-esque but he's bigger so we we call him Swole Beasley you know what I'm saying so Swole Beasley comes in not only can he a feel the defense because that's one of his biggest his biggest draws is that he can feel the defense and know where he's supposed to sit look for the open void and he's a big boy not only can he do that he is a yak guy once he catches that football, he doesn't just go down. He's no possession tight end. He's looking for the extra yardage. So being that we have a guy that can do the slot, we can guy, we have a guy that can come in and inline block. I know people talking about, well, he's not a good inline blocker. It's not that he's not a good inline blocker. He just doesn't do inline blocking. He was used as an outside type guy. He was more like a Jimmy Graham, like a Travis Kelsey, right? 
Now, most people are like, you can't compare him to Travis Kelsey. Not. And we need to get over this whole when we compare a receiver to a great. That's what happened. That's what we do because we want that for that person, right? When we got Ed Oliver, all we were seeing was Aaron Donald. Short in stature, you know what I'm saying? And it may not be like Aaron Donald, but it's going to be a variation of Aaron Donald. We didn't get that, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we can kind of see what we have in our guy, Kincaid. And Kincaid is going to pres- – he's going to – this is the this is the challenge that he's going to give to other defenses. What do you do with him? What do you do with him? Okay, so he, he starts off in line. Linebacker's already getting ready to get on him. And then guess what? He backs off the line and now goes into the slot. Mismatch. Instant mismatch. Josh Allen's going to see it immediately. Defense is going to start scrambling, audible this and move things around. Maybe a safety comes out instead. Now you have you have your plays are disposable to you at any time to just switch it up and mess with the defense. That's what that one piece does for your offense. Sometimes it takes that one piece, that one piece that just throws everything off. Right. So you went you essentially went from Isaiah McKenzie, Cole Beasley to now Kincaid, where you're like, OK, he, he's a big boy. He can block. Okay, we got we got to stack the box a little bit because I think they're going to run the ball. Who's there? Damian Harris is running the ball. Okay, snap. Let's get in there. Oh, Kincaid just moved out. Okay, now we got a problem because you got Diggs on one side, Beasley. Excuse me, you got Kincaid in the middle, and you got Gabe Davis on the outside. It may not even be Gabe Davis. Now you got Deontay Hardy. That's got pure speed. So you gotta you're gonna have to respect the speed. And here's the thing about when you have a player with speed, you may not be a skillful player. But that speed will always threaten a defense. It will always threaten defense. Prime example. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember um, Graham? TJ Graham. Do you guys remember TJ Graham? If you guys remember TJ Graham, smash that like, number one, and give me a thumbs up if you remember TJ Graham. TJ Graham, fast as ever. I think he came out of Wisconsin, if I remember correctly. Fast as ever. Fast as ever. He boy, that boy could he could fly, but his hands were questionable. We could not count on him because he would he would drop every other pass. It wasn't great. So when we had him, it was like, okay, we got we got ourselves a nice burn of a receiver. But this brother can't freaking catch for he can't catch a cold. But here's what he presented: he presented a sense of fear on the defense. I know he can't catch, but there's a chance he could. And I look like Boo Boo the Fool because I let him get behind me. So now we have the speed on this squad. Was it NC State? Thank you. I knew it was a red team because NC State is red. They got red jerseys. So thank you for that, by the way, Eric Kinney. Um, so the fact of the matter is this. When you have speed and you have all of those things that, that come onto the field and you have a guy that likes to air it out in Josh Allen, it, you have to defend this team differently. You got to defend this team differently. And that's what Kincaid brings to this offense. Because now, double tight end set, we can definitely do that. We can audible out of that. There's going to be so many little packages that will turn into a, a motion or an audible, or it just, it just, it's going to be multiple. So this is where uh, a guy like Kincaid will definitely impact this team for the better. And we were, we will remain a top scoring offense. How they, how do they want to use them? Yo, yo, the your the the world is your oyster, man. You do what you you do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Going into a second year, Dorsey's gonna have his hands full. He's definitely gonna have his hands full, 
but he's gonna you got it you gotta utilize Kincaid you will have to utilize Kincaid now what does it mean for Dalton absolutely nothing Dalton is gonna be presenting a different problem for these teams and this is the beautiful thing about this situation that we're in you've got <laughs> Jamal says your teacher Graham gets two thumbs down teacher Graham was some ass man he was terrible um but this is what it this is what happens when you bring in a a Kincaid because everybody's focused on Kincaid right we have a very good athlete an excellent athlete in Dawson Knox so if you want to focus on Kincaid presenting your problem I got a I got a guy that is ready to take your head off in Dawson Knox you guys remember that you you guys remember that Broncos game catches the ball on the sideline and absolutely murdered was it a Bengals well I think it was I think it was Jesse Bates actually it was against the Bengals where he absolutely destroyed Jesse Bates on the sideline, just bow, loads of shoulder. So if you want to focus on Kincaid, Dawson Knox is going to be sitting there on the outside just waiting, and they're going to have some plays for Dawson Knox. So pick your freaking poison. I know it sounds like I'm getting hyped up. I'm not getting hyped up. I'm just looking at the possibilities, how this offense is going to operate with that one addition in Dalton Kincaid. So first round pick Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, the Utah Utes. I don't know what the hell the Utes is, uh, but a Utah out of Utah. Welcome to the Bills, my guy. This is going to be fun, and um, the yo know, the end. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities are absolutely endless. Now let's go second round. Second round, Osiris Torrance. Here's the thing about Osiris Torrance, man. There's it's just a no brainer. It's a no-brainer when you start looking at a guy like Osiris Tynes. Why? Well, first things first, he went from playing at a, a smaller school, transferred to Florida, and brought his skill set to, I think, and I don't know my college very well, but I believe Florida is in the SEC. And when you're playing in the SEC, you're playing the best of the best. You're not playing some Mountain West team called Wyoming. You know what I'm saying? You're playing the best of the best in the SEC. So that being said, him coming over to the Bills, having not given up a sack is absolutely amazing. So the confidence is high. You have high confidence coming in already. This, this is amazing. This is what you want, right? I got a super chat coming in from my man, Ismael Manedo, who says, yo, Knox sent Jesse Bates to the shadow realm. <laughs> Eyes open. Listen, if you guys remember that Bengals game, if you – you guys don't want to go back go back to that Bengals game and you will see you will see exactly what I'm talking about when he put that brother in the dirt in the dirt and it took him a while to get back up I'll tell you that right now so Osiris being added to the Bills team presents problems and I'm going to try to give you the the, the combination of old linemen that we might have to be able to go with uh, by the way I got to give a shout out to my man Brian Bowers is your Rico Dorsey better get in his mother effing bag you know what I'm saying all <laughs> Are all of his is or all of this is a moot point? He's gonna have no choice. And here's the thing, and this is where I, and I think this is I don't want to call myself a defender, a defender of Ken Dorsey, but for the sake of using the word defender, I'll be the defender of Ken Dorsey. And for this reason, when we signed our offensive coordinator, that's with we're head coach right now, uh, with the Giants. All right. There was, I was on his ass. 
I was on his ass. Brian Dable was a thorn in my side. And I was like, get this guy out of here. I even made a video saying, where has this guy had success? Anywhere he's gone to, his offenses were always garbage. His offense, I was ripping into him. But I'm sitting here saying, hold on a second. Year one was not great. Year two, I was like, okay. But I'm also realizing I got a rookie quarterback that is raw. So you gotta you gotta build this brother up. Although he's intelligent, he's got all this all the physical tools to be one of the best in the game. He's still a rook. He's still raw. There's things he hasn't seen yet. So as I'm dogpiling on Dable, here comes year three. He starts killing it, and the offense looks completely different. And now I'm rooting for Brian Dable. Year four comes in. I'm like, this guy is amazing. Now Brian Dable's getting opportunities to go coaching. He doesn't get it, so he comes back with the Bills the year after, and he has an awesome year once again. He finally got his opportunity to be a head coach this past year and had success. So the reason I bring this up is we poo-poo all over Ken Dorsey, which we have no right to poo-poo all over Ken Dorsey because he had this offense as a top three offense. Who does that? Number one, I know who, Bills fans. Anyway, so we poo-poo all over De- or Dorsey knowing he's only year one. He's only year one. Had we moved on from Brian Dable, we wouldn't have got the Josh Allen that we have today. Had we moved on from Brian Dable, we wouldn't have gotten the 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 Stefan Diggs's and so on and so forth because we would have had a different offensive philosophy. Maybe would have been more of a we would have had a Greg we would have had a, a maybe we brought Greg Roman back at one point, right? It would have been completely different. So we have to give some grace to Ken Dorsey, let him work it out, find out what's going to work. He had his full, uh, he had a full first year seeing what did work and seeing what didn't work. And let's, 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 let's keep it a buck. When you have your quarterback that almost got his arm taken off and he can't do certain things that he used to back like in the first six weeks, things change. So you got to change things up. And don't forget, this is the NFL. Teams are looking for blood. And when the blood was in the water against the Packers, the other defenses are like sharks. They smell it. They're like, okay, here's how we defend this team. So now this is where Dave, you got me saying Dave, but this is where Dorsey has to learn how to counter. He's got to learn how to, you know what I mean, counter punch. So when they come at you, you got to turn into your Floyd Mayweather and counter punch it. Just be a counter puncher. So this is what we need. What do you think Andy Reid? Andy Reid is great. But this brother not only counter punches you, but he counter punches you with a haymaker. That is the annoying part with freaking guys like uh, Andy Reid. He will counterpunch you, and when he does, it's a haymaker, and you might go down for the count. So Ken Dorsey's going to have to learn a counterpunch, maybe a couple of haymakers in there, but you're going to have to learn that these teams are going to adjust to us. So we are going to have to learn how to adjust back and how to make some tweaks. So Josh Allen, this is where you come in and say, this is what they're doing, here's what they're doing. So when you guys, when you bring in veteran guys like Latavius Murray, when you bring in guys like... uh. Questenberry comes back. Ryan Bates is there. Mitch Morris. I mean, you have a lot of these guys coming back. And now you're going to add some youth into it. It changes the game. So we'll see how it plays out. But Osiris Torrance coming back. I love it. Now, what does it mean for the rest of the guys? I mean, we brought in quite a few linemen to begin with, right? So Ryan Bates signed a a multi-year deal a couple years ago. So he's a swing 
lineman. I'm not even going to call him a swing tackle. I'm not going to call him a swing guard. He's a swing lineman. He can play all five positions. And it's rare that a lineman can do that at a high level. Ryan Bates is a very big part of this team. So Ryan Bates being on the squad is great. Hold on. Like, I, got a, I got a comment coming in from my man, Scott Blakely. says, yeah, we all thought the promotion of Dorsey was going to be, was going to be seamless. That doesn't happen. This year will be much, much better. Super Bowl, baby. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. We got to give this brother some grace, man. A lot of times we just feel like, you know, you're getting Josh Allen, you're getting this, you're getting that. You should be able to kill it. Well, not quite because you're learning these players and the players are learning you. The advantage that Ken Dorsey has was he's the offensive, excuse me, he was a quarterback coach for four years. So they're all already familiar with him. But when you're calling plays, it's a different ballgame. So you got to give him some grace. So Osiris, Osiris Torrance, Osiris, excuse me, Osiris Torrance coming to the Bills is big. And but most time, most people like my friend Kevin Syracuse was like, but dude, we brought in McGovern. We brought in David Andrews. I believe his name, his name is David Andrews. I mean, we got Ike Butker coming back. We got Tommy Doyle on the squad. Like, what are we doing? All these guards on this team, like fam, talk to me. Like, what, what exactly are we doing? So what it comes down to is this. Somebody's going to have to go. At the end of the day, McGovern, most likely not because they signed him to a pretty lengthy deal. Edwards, thank you. Edwards, David Edwards is going to be probably the one that ends up on the outside looking in. And I'm only talking on, talking like this because everything's on paper. Everything's on paper. So everything obviously has to play out. Maybe McGovern is the one that just can't hack it. You know what I'm saying? So our, the linemen on this team, you may have brought everybody here, but it, it, not everybody's going to have to make it. Not everybody's going to make it. So you're going to you're going to have to watch the film and watch this thing play out, right? And I know a lot of people were like, I don't want to say a lot of people are worried because I don't think a lot of people are worried. To me, it's going to be simple. You got, I think uh, McGovern is, is most likely going to be at the left side. So it'll be McGovern on the left side next to um, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse at center. And you're going to have Osiris at guard. And then obviously Spencer Brown, which they truly believe in at right tackle. That's my, my guess as what it's going to be like. Um, and if McGovern can't cut it, Ryan Bates is going to be, excuse me, Ryan Bates will be the guy. And McGovern is going to be the one that kind of is the swing that goes back and forth. That will be what I see going forward. And I like Ryan Bates. I think Ryan Bates is great. Um, but McGovern's going to have to, I mean, they paid him a good chunk of change. So if I'm if I'm getting if I'm paying this brother all this money, chances are penciled in, you're gonna be my guy. But Ryan Bates, we'll see how it's played out. Maybe your contract was for you to start this year, but I'm bringing some guys in next year and you're I'm gonna need you to be my swing guy. But Ryan Bates might have something else in store. And then, then you got Ike Barker coming back. So there's a lot of depth pieces, but I'm not worried about it. The point is we we're gonna have competition. And we're going to be, the point is to protect Josh Allen. That's it. That's all. There's no more to it. Protect Josh Allen. Protect your asset. Let's keep it moving. Eric King says, yo, Ryan Bates and McGovern is starting. Rookie coming off the bench. I don't think the rookie is going to come off the bench. And that's just my opinion. Uh, he may not be ready, which I highly doubt. But I think Osiris starts right off the bat. You got to get him. If he, and especially if he shows that he can do it. Now, if it shows that he's just not ready yet, and the game is too fast for him, and it's just going to take some time, so be it. We got him in the second round. It's not like we got him in the first. 
and we need immediate impact play from him right away. But to me, second rounders is just as important as a first rounder, especially because we drafted our first rounder late in the freaking first. And some people consider that an early second. So guess what? We got both guys in the second round. So I, I didn't, I believe that these guys will start. And the way that the draft fell to us, this is two first round talents that fell to us in the first and second. So you think that you start them, but every, Hey, listen, we're going to let this play out. Rookies don't always transition well into the NFL. And like my man, Dylan Calpy says the best man up. If the guy can play, put him in. Do not, do not start with this politics business of, Oh, because he's a rookie. He no, 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 no. Can he play? Yes. Can he, is he better than Ryan Bates? Is he better than McGovern? Stick his ass in there. Let's roll. That's the way I look at it. So I think Osiris starts. John Marlowe, I'm with you. I think Osiris starts. We don't draft a guy in the second. I never give him a damn sack to sit him on the bench for Ryan Bates and McGovern. Sorry. Not sorry. Start Osiris. That's the way I look at it. So second round, third round. And then we have our guy from Tulane, Mr. Williams. So here's the deal. This one's going to be a quick one. A lot of guys don't know what he's going to be. Will Dorian Williams be outside? Will he be inside? What's happening? We already know the staple. It's going to be Matt Milano. And we got AJ Klinitz in the squad. We've got, obviously, we've got Tyrell Dotson. Um, and uh, we've got uh, Balen Spector. They're all going to be competing, which is super fun. I'm team Balen Spector. I'd like to see more from the Balen Spector. I'm not saying I need him to start over top of anybody specifically, but I'd like to see more from him and see if he can make a dent in this. But it was, I think it was a big vote of confidence for Tyrell Dotson when we didn't go after the likes of, you know what I'm saying, Sanders, Drew Sanders, you know what I'm saying, when we chose not to go with Drew Sanders. And so I, to me, that's huge. So that means, okay, we're going to give you guys an opportunity. Tyrell Dotson is not a scrub. When Tremaine Edmonds was out, Tyrell Dotson came in. Dude had a solid game. He was no scrub. It wasn't like he was a liability, right? So, but we're always looking to improve. We're always looking to get someone that can come in and do the job. And don't look at the frame, the size of a lineman. Please don't. Just look at what he can do and what he brings to the squad, right? And Dorian Williams is going to be a problem. He's quick. He's agile. He can tackle. And he's aggressive. That's what you want. And I think that's going to fit in just well. And I overheard that. Not I overheard. I read that um, he... He has the ability to, right, yo, I can put some weight on. And it's, you I mean, you guys know how, how hard it is to take the weight off. Putting weight on, we could definitely do that very well. Uh, but when it's all muscle, that's a whole different ballgame. But apparently this brother can go from 15 to 20 pounds in an offseason. I mean, you saw what Devin Singletary looked like. Devin Singletary spent the time in the gym, and he put on a good 5 to 10, 10 pounds. So it, it, looked, it looked good on Devin Singletary. So, these guys, when they put on a little weight, and if you've seen this guy, this guy is swollen. He's a big boy genetically already. So a couple more pounds on this man, he could easily slide into the mic and go from there. And Brandon Bean spoke on that. We'd like to see him and the mic, but we're not going to rush it either. So if he works out and he understands what we want him to do, and I'm paraphrasing here, we could easily see him as a mic. But right now, we might start him on the outside and just in special teams. So if we go occasionally to a 4-3-D, we got three linebackers. Shoot. If Balin Inspector comes on, it might be Balin in the middle, and you got Milano, and you got Doran, you know what I mean? Doran Williams on the outside. Let's go. Let's roll. 
And don't forget, we got nickel defenses. I mean, that's what we pretty much base ourselves as. And we have Teron Johnson that come in and that can hit like a like a pile of bricks. So this defense is going to be put in the hands of McDermott. And McDermott is going to come in and do his business. And I'm going to be, I, we're going to be thrilled for it. So Dorian Williams coming in, I think he's going to be great. And uh, it's one of the, I don't want to call it a steal, but it's a, it's a solid pickup in the third round. It's a solid pickup. Um, and uh, he was one of the top LBs available and we got them. So that's going to be huge. And um, listen, Dorian Williams, welcome to the freaking Bills, man. It's going to be exciting. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you bring to the table. It's going to be fun. And uh, let's roll. So Mr. Dorian Williams to the Bills. All right. Big receiver coming up. Big receiver. We didn't have a fourth round pick, so we we jumped to the fifth. We gave up the fourth round pick for Kincaid. So Justin Shorter. First and foremost, let me just break this down. Every year we have a mock draft uh, between myself, Pierre, Bobby, and uh, we we go through the mock draft and we figure out what works and what's uh, what's important for us and uh, and who we think is going to go where. Like there's a whole bunch of things that that happens, right? And uh, I got to show you guys something because uh, we put up a list of our mock drafts and they don't want to show me the love that I deserve. So I guess I got to toot my own horn. But if you look at the final mock draft that we did, now you look at it, you look over at that handsome brother on the right hand side. I wanted Jalen Hyde because I thought he was going to present big skill set for us. But I think Jalen went to the Giants. I can't remember if he did or not, but I think he went to the Giants. But anyway, Jalen Hyatt, then Drew Sanders. I thought we were going to get Drew Sanders, but we didn't. We got uh, a, a good linebacker, Dorian Williams. And if you go all the way down to the bottom of the list, receiver Justin Shorter coming through and uh, signs with the, the Bills drafted. So your boy got it right. I have lost every year for so damn long when it comes to this mock draft. It just feels nice to get one dub. <laughs> one dub. And you know what? That one dub, right? It's kind of, it's been elusive. It's been elusive, right? It's been, it's been getting away from me for so long. Hopefully me getting this dub in this mock draft is like the bills winning the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl and, and just missing our time to go to the Super Bowl has been missed. It's been elusive. It's just been, we couldn't get it, but maybe this is the year we put it together and we get this damn Super Bowl. So shout out to myself and shout out to my, my competitors. They tried, but your boy came through and got the dub. Let's roll, baby. So uh, back to it, Justin Shorter. What does he bring to the table? Here's the deal. It's very simple. Big boy. He is, you know, there's those, those guys that are big, but they're lanky. No, no, this guy's 230, 225, 230 pounds at 6'4". So he can fly. He's not your polished route runner, but he flies. And that's the big thing. And he's got nice hands. He's a bit of a body catcher, but he's got good hands nonetheless. So does he replace? Because that's the big question now. You bring in a guy like that, is like, are you getting him to replace Gabe Davis? Well, in my honest opinion, I have a feeling that Gabe Davis may not return to the Bills. As, as much as they want to say that I love Gabe Davis, we love him, we this, we that, he very well, he very well may get a contract extension this year. Very may. Very well may. But when you bring it, I'm not saying this guy is the replacement for him, but when you when you sit back and you look at what they bring in, you're like, dude, 6'5", can fly. He has got speed. And if you look at the theme that the Bills are trying to bring to this team is speed. Get downfield. And not only that, he can play special teams. 
and they even said it. If he plays well enough, pretty much we can get him on it. We can get him in a jersey. Well, get him in a jersey means he makes his freaking team and he's going to be a contributor. So when you look at the receiving squad that we have on the team right now, he fills in receiver six. It goes Diggs, Davis, Shakir, Hardy, Sherfield. And then uh, we've got, obviously, we've got uh, Justin Shorter. So there's your six pack. Every year we've been like, uh-oh, we have six or seven receivers. Maybe we might keep seven. Every year for three years, how often have we been arguing about that? Oh, I think we got ourselves a, a seventh receiver. We might keep seven this year. Well, there ain't no seven. You know what I'm saying? Is It's going to be the six receivers, and then we've got Kincaid that acts as a receiver slash tight end. So this is a great situation for us. And don't forget, Gabe Davis is in his last year of his contract. And if you think they, Gabe Davis is going to take a team-friendly deal, you got to be kidding me because not everybody has the 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 fortunate to be fortunate enough to get us to get an, an opportunity to get a second contract, a lucrative second contract. So I'm going to try to get as much pennies under my belt as much as possible. So we'll be paying attention to that scenario very closely. I personally don't feel that he will return to the Bills. I think this might be his last year with us. That's why we got to groom up someone like. Justin Shorter. And here's the even better news, right? Because we know we might be losing Gabe Davis. And I'm not sure if coach was looking, Brandon B was looking at this way, but we picked up two extra picks in the draft. Not only do we pick up two extra picks in the draft, we have a third round comp. So we get our two, we got our seven picks plus the two that makes nine and that third makes 10. So we got 10 picks coming in this draft. You don't think that Brandon Beans might might want to move up and try to get himself a special receiver and pair him with Stefan Diggs? I'm just saying. So keep pay attention to that because that's going to probably play a big factor, and uh, and we'll go from there. But if we bring back Gabe Davis, I'm not I'm not hating that either because he started off with us. He started off with us. Now was he the guy that we really wanted? And but I mean by that, you're probably like, what what do you mean really wanted? Well, we drafted both Gabe Davis and um. Isaiah Hodgins in the same year, in the same year. And Isaiah Hodgins was the one that was beating him out. And so Isaiah Hodgins got hurt. And then Gabe Davis got his opportunity. Now, it really doesn't matter how it worked out. It worked out for both teams. Giants get a good receiver, which we let slip away. And then we have Gabe Davis. So we'll see how it plays out. But Gabe Davis is a, is a, is a talent that he will get his second contract. There's no question about it. Question is, are the Bills going to want to pay that? That's what it comes out to. So, um, so Justin Shorter comes to the Bills. We're going to see a lot more from him. We're going to see his size, his strength. You're going to see all that. I mean, he ain't no DK Metcalf. But boy, if you look at him, you're like, shoot, this boy's a big boy. He's a big boy. So if he refines his skills, gets better at running his routes, maybe he becomes a big, big piece in this team, man. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But the receiver room, to me, I think is set. They might bring one more that they can kind of stash away and, and put him on the practice squad. I'm sure of it. But we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, my man, uh, uh, I said Euler, is that Euler? Euler Titan says, yo, Marvin Harrison is supposed to go top five next year, but runs a 4-6. His dad ran a 4-3 at Syracuse, but was similar. I can tell you this, Marvin Harrison ain't going to sniff past 10. I, don't, I can't see it. Unless he has a horrible year this coming, this upcoming season where he just doesn't look great and he drops a little bit, and that's where you can, you can find Brandon Bean trading up. But I'm going to tell you right now, 
he ain't getting past 10. That boy is nice like that. So he'll be gone. Ain't no, ain't no way. Ain't no way. So we're moving on. We've gotten to our, our fifth round pick. And then we've got our, our six, our, I mean, our two last picks. And uh, these more are depth pieces. Now, people don't, too, they don't know too much about these players. So we've got, let me just bring the picture up so you guys can see it. Got to put some respect on these guys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Broker. A lot of folks don't know too much about Broker, but he's an all SEC lineman. The fact that we get a lineman that drops to the seventh, that's all SEC. And you guys already know SEC has got great competition. This is a this is a great depth piece. This is a great depth piece. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a little more of how this old line room is going to play out because there's a, quite a few guys that are going to be competing. But that's what you want. This is what you want when it comes to building your team. Competition. Because competition brings out the best in people. So we bring in a guy from the seventh round to jump in and come and do this thing with us. Listen, I'm all for it. I am all for it. So broker, welcome to the Bills. And last but not least, we've got a corner. And this is, listen, this is one of those situations where I, I felt that we, we were lacking and we needed, we needed uh, depth at corner. And I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. But to me, that's what stood out to me. When you have an ability to bring in another corner on the squad, you got to take it. And this is, this is the situation that presented itself to us. So when you look at the defense and you look at who we have at corner and you really look at the, the amount of people we have, it's not that it, we're not, we're not crazy deep. We're not crazy deep. So I'm seeing 6'1", 6'1", 190-pound Alex Austin coming in from Oregon State. I think that's where Poirier went, by the way, Oregon State. But he gives us size, and he gives us, uh, he gives us you know what I mean, a presence, right? 6'1", that's great length. So think about it. I'm not worried, but I, you, guys, you guys know how I feel. I don't know. We don't know if Trey White will return to his form. We just don't know. We hope for it, but we just don't know. So. We bring in a guy like Alex Austin, gives us depth. We've depth. We've got Christian Benford coming back off of his injury. Whether he's remaining a, uh, a corner or he transitions to safety, we don't know. And obviously, we got Kyrie Elam that's going to a, ba- a very big year. Um, so we need we needed we needed some some corner depth, and this was a big piece. This was a very big piece that uh, I think worked out very well for us. And we're we're about to find out how this is all going to play out. We just need competition. Competition is key, and Kyrie is going to have to take a huge, huge leap this year. I'm looking forward to it. We need to see it. And uh, if he if he comes out and shows us what he's supposed to show us, we'll be all right. I know I got a question. Uh, somebody's asking: Is is Nick Broker a tackle or a guard? He's a guard. So I mean, we just keep piling up on guards. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So Nick Broker is a guard. And um, he's coming out of Ole Miss. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's got some accolades underneath his belt. So we're, it's going to be all right, man. We're going to be all right. So this Alex Austin character that's coming in, he ain't no man-to-man guy. So don't think he's going to be a man-to-man. But I think you, you tend to understand that this defense that we have is multiple. We, have, we, play, a lot of, we play a lot of zone, but occasionally we'll jump into man because we have a guy like Kyrie Elam that is primarily a man guy. That's got to learn to play the zone spot. 
But then you got a guy like Christian Bedford that's not a man guy, but he's more of a zone guy. So that's why these guys were coming in and out with each other. But one of them is going to have to step their game up and learn the nuances of both sides and excel at them. And obviously, we want it to be Kyrie Elam because we drafted his ass in the first round and we traded up for him. So hopefully Kyrie Elam learns the part. And I think he will because he came out really great last year, starting to learn the ways. And I think he's going to come in and be a solid contributor for this team and be a solid corner for years. Um, Ismael Manedo comes in. Austin ran a 4-5 and is an excellent in zone. Boom. There you have it. So there's confirmation. And uh, and we'll see. We'll see. Camp is going to be really fun. It's going to be fun because a lot of storylines are going to be playing out. A lot of made-up stories are going to come out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, things are just going to have to just let the desk settle, settle, and then see where things play out. This year, we do not have to have, right, not, we get our 90 guys. You don't have to cut down to 75 and then cut down to, like, 50. And you know what I'm saying? There's none of that. So we just got to pretty much your 90 guys, they stay on the roster until you're ready to make your final cuts. So you have a lot, enough time to know who has it and who doesn't. So that will be... Um, I think that's going to be the, the premise of how this plays out. And with a new defensive coordinator, he's going to he's going to, eval- he's need, he's going to need to evaluate this um, extremely well. He's going to have to evaluate very hard. Uh, Jeffrey Robinson. What's up, Jeff? Jeff says, uh, I think Shorter is going to surprise us. Uh, we run the right system. Here's the thing about uh, Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter comes from a program that he had a mobile quarterback running all over the place, right? And Josh Allen is so good at what he does. And because Justin Shorter came from a program where a quarterback, that might not work out great, that play. So be ready because I might bust out. So keep your legs moving and and start to kind of make yourself available because I will find you. And he's coming to, like someone said, a, a perfect system where we can make, we can, we can certainly make some noise, but I'm not ready to, to to jump in on that because we have quite our hands are our hands are going to be full. Our hands are going to be full because that AFC East is loaded. That AFC East is loaded. We already know what we're going to get with the with the freaking New York Jets. Obviously, they got themselves a quarterback. They got themselves a running back. They got themselves some freaking receivers out there. They got themselves a defense. They have a very good team. A very good team. And uh, we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to find ways, man. This is where, this is where coaching is going to matter. And I know people don't want to talk about it because it's not sexy, but coaching is going to matter very much. So in this situation, because this is where we got to put our position, we got to put our players in the best position and our defensive coordinator slash head coach is going to have to do that. He's going to need to, we're going to need him. We're very much going to need him. Uh, Bills fan seven, eight, eight, three. What's going on, fam? Says broker has shorter arms, so he's always been in between a guard and tackle. He's coming off some injuries. If not for that, he's probably a third round pick. He's just a football player. That's facts, man. So we that's what I'm saying. We got to steal in the seventh. This guy played in a very in a in a very good conference, and he's faced some great competition. And the fact that, and this is this is what sucks, man. Players go through these injuries, they go through off-field issues, and it drops their stock. For whatever reason, it drops their stock where someone's really out on that. You know what I'm saying? And it drops another team. It's like another team. What's that saying? Uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Well, sometimes that happens, man, where you let this brother drop to the seventh 
that might be one of those guys that comes in and surprises everyone and says, Connor McGovern, who is that? You know what I'm saying? Ryan Bates, never heard of her. You know, so he might say that left, left, left guard spot or wherever he plays left or right, that spot is mine. It's probably going to have to be on the left side. So because Osiris Torrance is going to be on the right. And that's how, that's how it's going to play out. But you, the, this is why camp is beautiful. Camp is beautiful for a reason. And let's not forget, Stevie Johnson wasn't no first-round pick, wasn't a fourth-round pick, wasn't a third-round pick. He was a seventh-round pick out of Kentucky. So anything can happen. It takes time. I'm not saying he's going to get it right off the bat, but anything can happen, man. You'll see. And that's the, that's the, that's the crack at it. So those, those are our draft picks. I mean, we spoke on our – we're going to speak on the undrafted guys uh, on probably Friday, if I do my show on Friday. Uh, and uh, we'll get into it because, I mean, I, I want to keep it under under time restraints. I want to keep it tight, keep it right. But for the most part, I'm pleased with how we did in drafts. I mean, in years past, when you looked at the end of your draft, you kind of looked at it with like, okay, all right. I mean, it's okay. I mean, last year when I looked at it, I was like, okay. We picked up Kyir Elam. I was indifferent. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was indifferent. But I knew what we, we needed a corner. We were in need of a corner, and we got the best corner on the block, and we brought him to Buffalo. Second round picking James Cook, I was like, huh? Okay, I suppose. I guess it's going to work. But when you look at a, a team like this year, we, we, we trade up for one of the best, if not the best, offensive weapon in the tight end spot, and we got him in front of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, we, we follow that up with a freaking top guard. Let's go. So th- those 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 type of drafts got a brother happy to say, okay, we're 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 trending in the right direction when it comes to bringing on new talent. And then you already know what, what Bean does. Bean is just a wizard when it comes to like going to get a free agent that can that can come in. He's scheming. He's always scheming. And look, Latavius Murray, Bills. Kalen Ford, aka Puna Ford, Bills. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be good off season. And uh, obviously, um, this is where. Buffalo Fanatics excels. This is the offseason where the dust is settled. Free agents are on the squad. The uh, the rookies are on the squad. Now we start reaching out to these players to interview. And you know that I get in my bag when I start interviewing. So if there are players that you want to know more about, if there's players that are already on the roster and you're more interested in seeing or knowing who this player is and what they're about, hit me up. Let me know. Hey, let's try to get this guy on the show. And I'll do my very best to contact and do our thing. And uh, start getting this these uh, this content out to you guys because this is what we do, man. This is the off season. This is what we need to get to know these players, and this is what Buffalo Fanatics does. We bridge the gap between the common common fan to to the front doorstep of talking to these players, and this is where we try to do our very best to bring that to you guys, so you guys get a, a better idea of what we're messing with. So here we are. By the way, the Tampa Bay. Oh man, Tampa's being the Leafs. You can't have that. My father-in-law was freaking ecstatic when the Leafs won. And now they're losing to a team that just got, you know what I'm saying, went to a seven-game series. Oof. But that's the way that's the way sports goes, man. That's the way sports goes. So, folks, that's my time. But before I do get out of here, um, what are your thoughts when you look at this draft and you look at what we've done in free agency? And I'm talking about free agency. I'm talking about draft. How do you rate this offseason? Yes, we lost Tremaine Edmonds. Yes, we know he's no longer on the squad. It's going to happen. But 
Guess what? We brought back Jordan Poirier. We brought back some key pieces to this defense. So when you look at this, the totality of our offseason and who we've added and who we've lost, what are your thoughts? How do you guys feel? Grade it from A to F. Do we just do we are we a C for the whole offseason altogether? Is it a very big loss that we lost Tremaine Edmonds? How are you guys feeling about that? Or are you like, you know what, we're better for it? Give me an A. This is an A plus team. I love every bit of it. We know Von Miller's gonna come back. Because once this team gets freaking healthy again, I'm I'm not no, no there's no cap here. Once this team gets healthy, this is gonna be this is gonna give us the feeling we got when we first started last year, when everybody was healthy, we were just steamrolling teams. Teams had no answer for us. But once the once the injury started to take place, which happens, things changed. But once we get back on it, where everybody starts getting healthy again, bro, we're going to be a team to, to you know what I mean, watch out for us. Watch out for us. But we got company. We can't even, we can't displace it. We got company. I'm going to tell you right now, man. When you look at what the Jets are doing, when you look at what the Miami Dolphins are doing, we have our hands full. Somebody's asking me, I think we were on the chat, and they were like, yo, are you shook of the Jets? Yes, I'm shook of freaking Jets. The Jets are legit. They got it. They got a legit squad, man. The offense is going to be potent. They got receivers. They got, they got, I mean, the blocking could, could be better, but they got some, they got some, they got some, they got some weapons on that squad. And the defense, you already, they already know, you already know they get after it. And the Miami Dolphins, I mean, they're predicated on speed. So we got to just be able to, you know what I'm saying? Get after it. And, and listen, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And listen, the Ravens, out of the north, the AFC North is going to be a heck of a division. The Bengals, obviously, I mean, they're a very good squad, and uh, they they fell short, obviously, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. But still, if you think about it, all at the end of the day, this AFC is 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 tough. I, I was before I let you guys go, I was scrolling through and I saw some bozo talking about. Well, I'm just saying, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think the Bills make it out. They don't make it out of the AFC. They might miss the playoffs. I said, what? The minute I, I heard that stuff, I was like, are you kidding me? So a team that went 13 and three last year, banged up. And we, 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 we've added some team. We've added some pieces to this team. We're going to get healthy and we're going to miss the playoffs. Not even a wild card. He didn't even give us a wild card. He said, we're going to miss the playoffs. Boy, you better stop your nonsense. You stop your nonsense, man. Godly. Um, Mike, what's up, Mike? Mike says, yo, maybe we can trade for Isaiah Simmons at the deadline and sign him to a long-term deal like Baltimore did with Raekwon Smith um, last year. They gave Chicago a second rounder. Yeah, man. And listen, not only they did not pick up Simmons' fifth year, uh, Patrick Queen. They didn't pick up Patrick Queen's fifth year as well. So apparently that whole 2019 draft, 2020 draft, like most of the guys did not get their fifth year option. So there's going to be some opportunity for Brandon Bean to explore and see if he uh, needs to bring anybody over. But I think, uh, I think he's pretty pleased with what he's got right now. I think he's pretty, I think he's pretty, I think he's pretty pleased. Michelle Hammond says, you'll build sweep the AFC East, bro. Oof. We didn't do it last year. I don't know what makes you think we're going to do it this year. <laughs> it's going to be a battle. My guy It's going to be a battle. One thing's for sure, we're going to whoop on the, the Patriots. The Patriots did improve. The Patriots did improve slightly. But we're still going to whoop on the Patriots. It has to happen. 
It has to happen. But for the other two, it's going to be tough. So questions, concerns before I get out of here. Um, this is your opportunity to jump in there. And uh, this is obviously I'm going to take this opportunity right now to thank each and every one of you guys that have been tuning in for months and months and some of you guys years that have been tuning into the Buffalo Fanatics for years. We appreciate you. There is so much content out there. There's so much content creators out there that you guys can go and explore and listen to, which I urge you to do, by the way, because there's there's different perspectives from each um, uh, content creator. But the fact that you guys come back and, and show us love and are here and tuned in with us, we got 230 people. We're almost pushing 300 today. Much appreciated. Much love on a Tuesday evening. We love it. We love to see it. And um, we'll never be, un we'll never listen. We're always going to be grateful uh, for the, the, the opportunity you guys give us to kind of talk our shit and talk Bills football. We'll do it every time, man. Uh, Randy, what's up, Randy Patterson? says, yo, it's always tough rating where we're not fully healthy and we don't know what our rookies will do. But to rate, I'm going to go with a solid B with the fillers we got. It is tough. You're right, though. It's tough to grade, but it's one of those things you got to do it because you just got to do it. It's just what it becomes. So we will uh, we will continue to bring you guys that content. We'll continue to bring you guys players, interviews, all that good stuff. And uh, listen, keep tuning in, man. We appreciate you, man. Michelle Hallman says, yo, Rico, it's been three years. I've been rocking with you, bro. Much love. What's up? I appreciate you, Michelle. I love that. Love that. By the way, Kevin Schneider, Mr. Schneider, let me get my bell out because I don't care if the kids are asleep right now because we got a new member to the Bing Squad. <laughs> bing, biggity, bing. Let's go. My guy, Kevin Schneider, welcome to the YouTube. I want to call it the YouTube, but it's not the YouTube. It's the Bing Squad. Let's go, man. I appreciate that very much so. And for those that are asking about, yo, where'd you get this shirt? What's going on with this shirt? Well, listen, it's very simple. Let me roll on to this side. That's my guy, Mr. McDermott himself, the process king. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Clean, because he's going to clean things up. I brought this shirt purposely because he's going to clean things up on this defense that I know he's seen that he needs to get rid of. And uh, we're going to see a very different defense, a very aggressive defense. Will we give up a few things? Sure. But I think that we're going to be getting after that quarterback and we're going to make it hell for these quarterbacks, man. So let's go. Um, you know what? Sherfield sleeper in 2023. Growing light, growing legit. I'm going to tell you something right now. Nobody's talking about Sherfield. Not a soul. Not a soul is talking about Sherfield. And maybe rightfully so. But the way that I saw Dolphins fans react when they lost Sherfield to us of all teams. They were, I wouldn't call them devastated, but they were not happy about it. They were, they were not happy about that whatsoever. So that tells me that we got ourselves a pretty decent piece and we're about to, we're about to find out. We're about to embark on a journey to find out who on this receiving squad is going to step their game up. But the one name that I need to see more from, I need it. And I, I think you guys might agree with it as well, is I need to see more from my guy, Kalusha Kier. Khalil Shakir came on as a fifth rounder. And when he did touch the field, he was impactful. And if you're impactful in your rookie season, and now you got a whole new offseason under your belt coming up, I can't see why we don't, you know what I'm saying, put you in the forefront and allow you to, to you know what I mean, do your best and, and take advantage. I'd love to see more of that. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out, but I'd love to see Sherfield 
rise. And I, I want to see, I want to see every one of these guys rise, but I want to see our homegrown rookie guys get up there and show face and show them what they're made of. Because a lot of people loved him coming out of college, Khalil Shakir, and we, we snagged him. So let's roll, man. My man Mike says, yo, Rico B is Rico BF is the best. Lots of podcasts during the draft, but I stuck with BF. Respect. Respect. And I love it. And you know what? We may not be the most analytical, and that's not our bag. It really isn't. But what we do is we engage and we get we bridge that gap to the players. That's that's what that's our bag, and that's what we're gonna bring to to our viewers. Because you guys deserve it, man. You guys have been rocking for a long time. We can't just give you the can't give you nothing. You can't just look at this face all day. You guys get bored of it. Hey, you feel me? Anyway, but we appreciate you. Thank you guys very much. And uh, if you guys uh, want to continue to support uh, BF, it's uh, supportbf.com. Everything is there at supportbf.com from merch to looking at our articles uh, to straight up joining us on the, as a Bing Squad member. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, once the season starts, y'all already know how I do. I turn all the way up. So it's going to be fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Buffalo Powerhouse is Shakir, 1,000 yards this season. Ooh, you, you putting a lot on Shakir, man. You putting a lot on Shakir. Well, let's look at something before I get out of here because you guys got me in my bag right now. Let's look at something here for a quick second here. All right? There's only so much, so many places the ball can go. All right? And I think I saw something online where Josh Allen had something. Uh, you know what? Let's just go on it. Let's just go to my guy, Josh Allen, all right? Josh Allen threw for 4,000 yards. He completed 359 passes, all right? 359 passes. How do you break that down? Well, I'll tell you how you break that down because when you look at how many receptions our receivers had, let me look at the stats here. You got you to gotta learn to break them down a little different. You can't just say, yo, this is what's going to happen and he's going to have 1,000 yards. You give him 1,000 yards, someone's going to feel a little left out. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the policies come in, and we don't want that. So who led? Who led I'm just let me look back here. Let me see what we got here, because I want to look at the team stats here and see what's going on. So just to kind of bring you guys a little something closer to the team. So hold on a second here. Let me, let me click away. I mean, Josh, Josh is going to get to his main guy, and we already know who the main guy is, and that's Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs is going to do it. So full team stats. Here it is, folks. So obviously, Stefan Diggs had 1,400 yards receiving. I didn't realize he had that many. Wow, that's impressive. So he had 1,400 yards receiving on 108 receptions. That's his third year with over 100 receptions. All right. You got Gabe Davis was the next guy at 48 receptions. So, and he had 836 yards. And I know you're talking about strictly yardage. And it'd be lovely to get that. But someone's going someone's gonna to falter. And now we brought in Kincaid. So, really, we got to temper what we think we're going to get you know, some, from these players because now the ball's got to be spread around all over the place. And this is why Ken Dorsey's job is going to be rather challenging because he's going to have to get a balance on who gets what and who does what best. So when you're looking at Gabe Davis, Dustin Knox, um, James Cook, how he's going to be included into this, Khalil Shakir is going to be rather interesting. I mean, Khalil Shakir off of 10 receptions, 20 targets, had 161 yards. 
and a touchdown. And five of those 14, excuse me, five of those 10 receptions came in one game. More opportunity, he might be, you know what I'm saying, more susceptible to having more success. But your top dogs are Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. Now you got to add in Kincaid. Are you going to give Kincaid 10 receptions for the year? Nah, man. You got to get him involved in this game. So he'll, obviously, he'll take, he'll take the receptions away from McKenzie. McKenzie had 42 receptions last year. So look to get 40-plus receptions from Kincaid and another 40 from Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox had 48 receptions. Look for him to be around the same, potentially. And then Kincaid will take on the receptions from Isaiah McKenzie, which is 48, 42. But I think they're going to, they're going to look at Kincaid a little bit more. So look to have Kincaid at about 60, 60 receptions. And, and I mean, lowering the receptions to probably Gabe Davis, maybe. Who knows? I don't know how it's going to play out, but you can't just give 40 receptions to Kincaid and say, yeah, that's good enough because he's too, he's too good for that. You got to give him the ball more. So look for like 40 to 60. I say 60s are on the range that you probably see him getting his receptions. And then obviously Stefan Diggs is going to get his because he got to. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. But I'm, I'm, my, my eyes are going to be strictly on the running back room. I want to see how they're going to play this out because I don't care what anybody tells me. Year two, I know it's a sophomore slump year, but James Cook needs to show us something. He's going to show, he needs to separate himself from the pack. I need him to. I can't have him getting the same carries that Harris is getting and everybody else. Because that tells me if you have one running back with a with sharing time with a whole bunch of running backs that are all the same, you got no running back. It's just a whole bunch of running backs, just whoever goes in. There's no value. I need them to show value to my guy, James Cook. And if he shows that he can do it, man, great. I love it. I'll take it. But we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, Rico, the Leafs lost. Golly, man. The Leafs lost, Rico. 10,000 sad Canadians going home tonight. Love it. <laughs> so, Sal, either Sal is a, a Florida fan. I'm not sure, but uh, the Leafs lost. But you know what? They'll, they'll bounce back. They got to bounce back. They got no choice. So, that, folks, that's it for me, man. I appreciate you guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm out of here. I got to go put the garbage out and then get ready for work. So, love you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in and always supporting BF. As always, respect you guys. And it's your boy. We'll catch you on the flip side. And I'm out. And we'll catch you guys. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.